Three Dog Thursday on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network of Shows is presented by WinBet. Get started today and you'll get a risk-free bet up to $500. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at wynnbet.com and download the app today. We're also brought to you in part by Roman. Roman is the straightforward way to take care of your ED. Get Roman.com slash SGP. Get you $15 off your first month. That's GetRoman.com slash SGP. We're also brought to you in part by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is your home to the Best Ball Mania 2 contest where you can win a million dollars. That's right, a million bucks. Sign up now at underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. Football fans, it's time to go on the record for this week's matches in pro and college football with just one catch. We're only interested in underdogs. Who can keep it close? If not, pull the outright upset. Time to find out. It's Three Dog Thursday. Now here's your host, TJ Reed. Yes, hello there. Welcome in, everybody. It is a brand new edition of the only digital radio show that focuses in every week on those lesser knowns, those less thought of, usually the road team, the underdog in whatever sport that it's in. We love that aspect. We love that angle. I am merely the somewhat capable host. Straight ahead, Brian Edwards is going to be back with me, senior handicapper, Vegas insider, MajorWager.com. Look forward to talking with Brian on multiple subjects, including the controversy with the Kentucky Derby and the betters who were jilted uh, to learn that the top horse, uh, Medina Spirit, had tested positive for a banned substance, so the horse that won the race is out. But if you have the second-place horse, you don't get your money from the Kentucky Derby. We'll talk to Brian about that. Uh, Lots on the NBA, including some NBA underdogs that we're looking at, uh, some spread numbers, et cetera, for the end of the NBA regular season, which is coming this weekend, before their playoffs begin with the play-in games in the Eastern and Western Conference. Uh, Teams 7 through 10 are doing play-ins at the start of next week before Three Dog Thursday is back. We'll talk with Brian about all of that. And we will talk some with Brian much later in the show about the NFL schedule release and what is up with the Jacksonville Jaguars and one Timothy Tebow coming to the Jaguars, the Florida Gator hero headed to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Brian will have thoughts on all of that. In the middle segment, our YouTube roundtable on Three Dog Thursday will have not only Mark Ennis from Louisville, from ESPN's Louisville radio station. He hosts The Drive on the afternoon show in Louisville. They're talking nonstop about the Kentucky Derby controversy, among other subjects. Uh, Mark Ennis with me on the video roundtable for Three Dog Thursday off of YouTube. You'll hear it right here on the audio podcast as well. And Eric Erlinson is here. It is Stanley Cup playoff hockey time. Eric is the Tampa Bay Lightning Insider website uh, guru with all of his uh, nuggets, info, Uh, Breaking news, the Stanley Cup playoffs about to begin. The Lightning will play the in-state rival Florida Panthers in the 2021 Stanley Cup playoffs as the defending champs, the defending cup champs. So Eric Erlinson of LightningInsider.com and the Lightning Insider podcast 
with us on the YouTube Roundtable. As always, for this podcast, the audio podcast, however you found us, uh, via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, social media link, if you found us through the Sports Gambling Podcast and their network of shows, sportsgamblingpodcast.com website, subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you get podcasts. Subscribe to Three Dog Thursday. You get the automatic ding on Thursday when it's out. You get to find us uh, very easily and hear everything with the insight and the analysis if you subscribe. And again, thanks to Sean Green, Ryan Craver, everybody with the Sports Gambling Podcast and their website for helping co-promote what we do on Three Dog Thursday. All right, time to get to it. Here he is from Vegas Insider and MajorWager.com. He's in transit, but he is still hopping on the podcast. Brian Edwards, senior handicapper, back with me. How are you, sir, as we head into another weekend, a weekend that will see the NBA wrap up, uh, a weekend that will have a controversial Preakness stakes in horse racing because they're going to let the cheating horse run from the Kentucky Derby, it looks like. Ryan, how are you? What's going on? Doing well, TJ. Thanks for having me. All right, so on the Kentucky Derby controversy, again, neither one of us are or horse racing gurus per se, but needless to say, the, the cheating across the board in sports, in everything, uh, especially with performance-enhancing drugs, uh, horse racing not immune, and they have had quite the controversy this week uh, with the Kentucky Derby winner uh, essentially uh, flunking post-race drug test and will now apparently be disqualified. Brian, it will be the first time in over 50 years the winning horse will be disqualified at the Kentucky Derby on a failed drug test here. Uh, what is your reaction? Because there's so much discussion about uh, how you're taken away from the people that had the second place horse. Uh, that, that they're they're jilted. They have no recourse to get their money for for that horse being elevated to win the race. What's your take on this whole mess? The controversy with Bob Baffert, the trainer, etc. Well, I, when Brock Lesnar was making his comeback at UFC 200, I bet on Mark Hunt. And, you know, like five days after UFC 200, Lesnar popped dirty for steroids. And I didn't get my money back. So I'm not that, that, that uh, I don't, I'm not feeling too much sympathy for the, for the second place folks. Uh, you know, it happens. I mean, what are you going to do? I mean, what, once they pay out, which they obviously pay out after the race, uh, there's no recourse, so it is what it is. Yep. Uh, yeah, they, they that, often preach what all bets are final, right? Whatever happens at the event, that's it. They can't, they can't do that. They can't control that. And I do understand it to an extent because elaborate on this, it would be a never-ending process to try to retrieve whoever would want their money back, right? Yeah, I mean the people who won big you know probably spent big in the hours and days afterward and you know they, that's that's not how they would have been spending had they not won money they're not what do they just go retrieve the ten thousand yeah. um, yeah. dollar they bought their wife I mean, come on yeah I don't know about a $10,000 fur coat, but maybe a $10,000 trip or vacation. Well, I don't know. Uh, I don't roll that way like Brian Edwards does with the Joe Willie Namath fur coats. No, I don't. How much, do fur coats go for more than 10 grand? I, <laughs> I don't no know. Idea. You tell me. 
Well, Jamarcus Russell had one, too, speaking of former number one overall picks in the NFL draft. He had a big white fur coat, I remember, at one point, too. Um, we'll, we'll look into that. So, again, we'll address the Kentucky Derby controversy, and as it relates to the Preakness this weekend, the second horse racing race of the Triple Crown, the second jewel, as they call it, with Mark Ennis of ESPN Louisville coming up in the middle segment. Before we get to the NBA, you know I'm a big boxing guy, and we plug for the Big Fight Weekend website, bigfightweekend.com, the Big Fight Weekend podcast I also co-host. Brian Edwards, did you check out some of Canelo Alvarez winning by TKO, arguably the biggest non-heavyweight name in the sport, was back in the ring. 73,000 people were in attendance at AT AT&T Stadium at Jerry's World. It was quite the scene. It broke the indoor North American boxing attendance record. Uh, Previously, Muhammad Ali over Leon Spinks. 63,000 at the Superdome was the previous record. 73,000 the other night. Canelo did not disappoint. He got the eighth-round TKO over Billy Joe Saunders of England. Saunders showed some flash, some hand speed, but Canelo eventually cracked him, Brian, with the big right hand, fractured his eye orbital. Uh, Saunders ended up quitting on his stool after the eighth round. Did you get to see some of this and take it in? What are your thoughts about Canelo getting the win and 73,000 people being there? Uh, with the 73,000 people being there is a beautiful thing. I like that. I did not catch any of the fight. I did see the highlights, and I, I read that, uh, that Billy Joe had to have uh, surgery. Oh. That injury is really really brutal, and he's going to be out a long, long time. So that sucks for him, but a great performance by Canelo, obviously. And we don't know the numbers because, again, uh, DAZN Streaming streamed this not only in the United States but all over the globe in 200 countries, and they don't release their streaming numbers. But you would have to believe there were probably a couple of million tuning in on the stream, uh, maybe even more on this. Uh, And, again, he's one of the biggest names in boxing. He's now fought uh, three times in five months. It's expected that he will fight again in September the frequency of having the biggest names out there, it's important for boxing, it's important for UFC. Uh, I mean, you can't say that enough. You want the brand names to be out there, right? Yeah, no, that's great as activity, and I'm, uh, I think you might have just referenced it. I, I hear he's going to be back relatively soon, but isn't there some concern about, like, uh, the, the, the opponent is with – whatever promotion Correct. and you know it, it might it go back to uh, pay-per-view or, or whether it's showtime or hbo or whatever correct well, that is one of the concerns with who the next fight would be, especially if it's the American Caleb Plant, who's the other belt holder in his division. Canelo's got three of the belts. Caleb Plant has the other belt. We'll see, but they'll find a way. If there's enough money involved, you know this, Brian, they'll find a way to work it out, whether it's pay-per-view or otherwise. But uh, it speaks volumes to how many fans were interested. And you kind of figured this with the Cowboys, Mystique, and AT&T Stadium, 73,000 people there with the Mexican-American part of this. And it was Cinco de Mayo weekend with Cinco de Mayo midweek for Canelo to fight in Texas. And it was a big draw, that's for sure. All right, so a little boxing talk there. And that takes us, Brian, to some conversation about the NBA. We are, we are headed down to the final weekend now of the NBA as Three Dog Thursday releases. It's the first of a couple of times we're going to make mention we don't have the Wednesday night results. Brian and I are taping in advance of uh, of the Thursday uh, podcast release, and we don't have the Wednesday night results for the action. But we're down to the final three games, or the the final three or four games for the teams that are playing Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. 
interesting that on Saturday and Sunday we don't have game times yet because the NBA by design is saying we want everybody playing at the same general time if your playoff seating matters on Saturday and Sunday. But here we go with the end of the season, and, and what's a, uh, a quick thought or two from you as we're in the final week, Brian? Well, the Knicks continue continue to cash t- tickets at a frenetic pace. They're 17-3 and three against the spread in their last 20, even though they lost three of four on this road trip. They did win outright at the Clippers on Sunday as a seven-and-a-half-point dog, and then they covered last night, although they lost by, although they lost by two an OT to the Lakers, but they closed as two-and-a-half or three-point uh, dogs. Uh, and going into Wednesday night, Anthony Davis suffered um, a, uh, a, I believe it was a, a hip injury last night. Correct. And he is questionable for Wednesday's game, as is LeBron uh, is questionable, as is Alex Caruso, and Dennis Schroeder is still not back. So the Lakers are going to be limping into the play-in tournament most likely unless they catch some good fortune with Dallas and Portland losing some games and they win out uh, their their next few. Uh, obviously, they've got the Rockets on Wednesday night, so that should uh, be an easy W. Um, but uh, the late, uh, and Washington is also cashing tickets like crazy. Even with Bradley Beal missing Monday's game, they covered as an eight-point dog at Atlanta. Uh, and they're 17 and four against the spread in their last uh, 21. Now they are a game back of the Pacers, but they own the tiebreaker uh, with the Pacers with three games left. And the Wizards are uh, optimistic they'll get Beal back on Friday. So the Wizards and Knicks uh, remain hot. The over is also on fire, cashing in 10 straight for the Miami Heat, who are also on fire. They are 10 and three. Uh, against the spread, and uh, I'm sorry, both straight up and against the spread in their last 13. And Miami, New York, and Atlanta go into Wednesday's play all tied for the fourth seed. Now, uh, Atlanta has the tiebreaker over Miami, but New York has the tiebreaker over Atlanta, and Miami has the tiebreaker over the Knicks. Interesting. No, no, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I believe I, I'm sorry. And I'm check that the Knicks on the tiebreaker over the Heat. My apologies. All right, you got a lot of stuff there that we have to unpack. Let's just begin with what you ended with with the Eastern Conference. So at the time that we're doing this, we don't know the result of Washington at Atlanta in the Wednesday night game. Again, the Hawks, as you mentioned, are battling right now with the Heat and with the Knicks for the fourth playoff position. Washington will next play Cleveland. Uh, for those stats that you were giving out there from MajorWager.com and Vegas Insider, Washington hosts Cleveland Friday. Keep an eye on that. They should be a significant uh, favorite at home. Interesting for the Heat, they're not playing Wednesday. They're off the win over the Celtics Tuesday night. The Heat play the top seed Philadelphia Thursday night. Brian, is your belief that Philly would still be the road favorite in that game? We don't have a line in front of us. It won't come out till Three Dog Thursday until probably later in the day on Thursday. Will the Miami Heat possibly be a home underdog there? You're not only talking the overs. Would the Heat maybe be an underdog Thursday night with the Sixers? Well, let's see uh, how it works out with uh, Brooklyn tonight. Philadelphia is two games in front of Brooklyn going into tonight. Um, if Brooklyn loses tonight, that might, I'm not positive on this, that might 
so up number one for Philly, and if that's the case, they may be they, – they rested yep. Embiid their last game anyway, all, but they played everybody else, Simmons, uh, Tobias Harris, et cetera. So that will all depend on, uh, you know, if Philadelphia is going full force or not. But i tell you what, Miami, New York, and Atlanta are all playing so well right now that it, it, assuming Milwaukee finishes third, now they own the tiebreaker over Brooklyn, and they're only one game back of Brooklyn for second. But Miami, New York, or Atlanta can all three beat, uh, or I'm sorry, can all beat Milwaukee in the first round, in my opinion. Um, Miami's starting to look like they looked in the bubble last year. Atlanta is so doggone good now that they're full strength, and they got DeAndre Hunter back on Monday, which is huge, and he looked good. Uh, it looked 100% healthy, too. All right, and again, for the games that matter in the Eastern Conference, on Three Dog Thursday, the Knicks come off that long West Coast road trip uh, where they played like a half dozen games uh, out West. They lost to the Lakers on Tuesday night. Three Dog Thursday here at the time we're taping. You may already know this result later in the weekend. They play San Antonio at home Thursday night in that battle against Miami and Atlanta for the four spot. And again, that's worth home court advantage if they can get it. The Knicks would also be playing at home with Charlotte on Saturday in the late afternoon, the early evening, whenever they're starting those games up that matter uh, against each other. And again, for the Miami Heat, uh, we mentioned the game with Philadelphia that is coming Uh, On Thursday, I'm just looking ahead to their schedule. They finish on Sunday at Detroit. Atlanta finishes on Sunday with Houston. And the Knicks actually have to play a Saturday-Sunday back-to-back, playing Charlotte at home and then finishing with the Celtics at home in that battle for the four and the five spot. A few more moments in this segment with Brian Edwards, MajorWager.com, Vegas Insider, talking NBA and possible underdogs. So the Lakers, as you mentioned, they are playing Wednesday night. We don't know that result uh, with Houston. No LeBron, maybe no Anthony Davis on that one. The Lakers then don't play again until they travel on the road at Indiana Saturday and finish at New Orleans. We joked last week that the phrase was perilously close to the seven seed in the play-in game. It's looking like they're going to be in the play-in game. The Lakers would be in the play-in game with the eight seed Golden State right now, uh, just depending. It depends on what Portland and Dallas do here. And the significance, again, is the Lakers could be in a situation where if they lose that play-in game, now one more loss could knock them out as opposed to having a best-of-seven series where you're sitting back and waiting for it. So the defending champs, this will be very interesting on how hard they play. Can they get out of the play-in game playing at Indiana Saturday? Uh, The Lakers were talking about, Brian, at New Orleans on Sunday. The play-in game may very well be riding on that. Would LeBron, let's do a hypothetical, would LeBron try to get get back and play one or both of those games to keep them out of the play-in game with Golden State in the 7-8 game? Uh, well, look, New Orleans, uh, in terms of Lakers playing New Orleans Sunday, New Orleans is tanking. They've rested Brandon Ingram and Zion the last uh, several games and Steven Adams that I, I saw before I was getting on the road. They're resting Lonzo Ball on Wednesday night. Um, I, as I say that, though, New Orleans backups are playing pretty good. There's actually 7-1 and one against the spread. Uh, in their last eight, and they handed Charlotte a crucial loss at Charlotte by rallying uh, in the fourth quarter uh, the other night. 
Uh, but, look, the Lakers' uh, future number has moved from plus 350 to plus 400 for those betters that are still believers in the Lakers. Um, plus 400 might be the best future price you can get if you think, you know, LeBron is going to be okay and this injury to Davis is minor and Schroeder will be back if you're thinking all that. And I think Schroeder might be back this weekend. Uh, this might be the best price you can get on the Lakers. Um, at plus 400, and that's going to be interesting if, if, you know, presuming L.A. and Golden State win and, and, and secure the 7-8 spots, one one team in one and the other in the other, um, that they're going to be very capable of beating Utah or Phoenix uh, in a 1-8-2-7 matchup, especially with Utah's Donovan Mitchell having been out for several weeks now with the ankle and you've also got Mike Conley dealing with a hamstring that he hasn't been playing. I mean, I think they'll both be back in the playoffs, but maybe a little rusty and maybe not 100%. All right, again, worth it on the on the schedule here that Golden State is two and a half games behind the Lakers in the 7-8 game. The significance of that is for the play-in game, they're going to play the one-game play-in, and the higher seed gets to host. So the Lakers right now control their own destiny to at least host the play-in game as the seven seed by only winning a couple of more times. The Lakers again play Houston on Wednesday night. For Golden State, I'm double-checking. They're not playing again until Friday night as we're, as we're releasing Three Dog Thursday on Thursday. Golden State hosts New Orleans on Friday night, and then they host Memphis to conclude the season on Sunday. So they have to hope for some Laker losses right now. To get in the seven spot for Golden State, that's basically gone. It's basically going to be that they have to go to L.A. and win the 7-8 game in L.A., and then they would get to go home to Golden State to play the uh, the scenario where they would win one and the Lakers would have to win two uh, to move on. If the Lakers were to play the 7-8 game, uh, at home and win it, they then only have to win one more time out of two more games with Golden State staying right there. That's the significance of what's going on this weekend with the Lakers and Golden State and the Lakers are the defending champs. And, of course, Steph Curry's played out of his mind the last month of the season to get Golden State into playoff range. Let's see what happens. Keep in mind again, one more time I'll say, the Lakers playing Wednesday night. We don't know that result. They are one game behind Portland and Dallas for the sixth spot, Portland and Dallas are tied at five and six. The Lakers then are not playing again until they play at Indiana Saturday and they finish the season at New Orleans on Sunday. For the Golden State Warriors again, not playing again until Friday night at home with New Orleans and Golden State finishes the season at home with Memphis. Probably two wins for them to see how it plays out for the 7-8 there. If you are wondering for the Portland Trailblazers and what they have remaining, they play again as I'm double-checking here on all the calculations. Portland is at uh, Utah Wednesday night. We don't know that result. They're at Phoenix. Those could be two losses, Brian Edwards, for the Portland Trailblazers. Uh, and then Portland wraps up the season hosting Denver. That could be three losses for the Blazers. The Blazers might end up in the seventh spot, and the Lakers might breathe a sigh of relief and get into the sixth spot, and then they're guaranteed to rest, and then they're guaranteed a best-of-seven series where they have to lose four times to be eliminated. Who knows? They're on Portland and the Lakers and how that ends up. One more comment from you before we depart. Uh, which is Portland is uh, playing really well right now. I think it's uh, eight of nine uh, that they've won and, and they're back to full strength, uh, although not Sear Little 
is out Wednesday, but all their big pieces except except for Zach Collins have been back, and Portland hadn't gone in the playoffs uh, healthy in many years. So uh, Portland's going to be dangerous. I think everything's wide open. East and West, to me, this league's way more wide open than uh, the future odds will, will, will lead you to believe in my mind. Man, there's a lot to sort out here for the NBA. And again, Portland's road is at Utah, literally, and at Phoenix. We don't know the Wednesday night result. That's the Thursday night game is at Phoenix. And then they are playing Denver at home. The Lakers' final three. I think everybody would take the Lakers' final three. Houston at home. And then, yes, you're on the road, but you're at Indiana and you're playing at New Orleans. Let's see what happens as those teams jockey for position. And, again, keep track of all of the NBA odds, the spreads, the overs as they come out on Thursday, Friday, Saturday through Brian's social media at Vegas B. Edwards through the Major Wager Uno website. He's got his picks up as well. You can check those out and subscribe on Vegas Insider for his picks day by day as the specific lines come out, the injury info comes out, et cetera, et cetera, on the NBA. Brian, stand by. We're going to talk a lot more on the YouTube roundtable about the Kentucky Derby, about the NHL playoffs beginning this weekend. Brian is back in our final segment about the NFL schedule release and one former Heisman winning Gator hero, national champion hero, Tim Tebow, allegedly coming back to play for the Jacksonville Jaguars in the NFL. we got thoughts from Brian on all of that still to come as Three Dog Thursday does continue. But first, we're brought to you by our friends at WinBet, bringing you the action of real sports betting with the Win Las Vegas experience. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, sports, and games. Generous promos, odds, and parlays are happening right now at WinBet. Get started today. You'll receive a special offer for up to $500 risk-free on a sports bet. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at winbet.com. And download the app today. Again, that's wynnbet.com. And we're also brought to you in part by Roman. Look, nobody's perfect. Even the best baseball players strike out with the bases loaded. The best golfers sometimes three-putt with the tournament on the line. So you feel like you've come up short in the bedroom sometimes. It's perfectly okay. But if it's bothering you, there are also options. You can go to GetRoman.com slash SGP and find out more about ED. With Roman, you get a free online evaluation, ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A U.S. licensed healthcare professional works with you, finds out the best treatment. If medication is appropriate, it'll ship out to you for free with two-day shipping. You get started by simply going to GetRoman.com slash SGP and get an online visit set up. Again, go to GetRoman.com slash SGP now. Get $15 off your first month. There's no straightforward way to take care of ED, but if you go to GetRoman.com slash SGP, you can get started now and save $15 off your first month of treatment with Roman. And we're brought to you in part by Underdog Fantasy. If you haven't played on Underdog Fantasy, you have to check out their fantasy best ball tournaments, which are some of the best around, including Best Ball Mania 2, that tournament going on right now with your shot at a million dollars. Plus, you can play a number of games involving parlayed player props for MLB, the NBA, and more. And they have a special NBA playoffs best ball tournament coming up as well. Just go to underdogfantasy.com, use our promo code SGPN, and don't forget to enter the Best Ball Mania 2 tournament right now for your chance at a million dollars. 
That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. The dogs are barking. Who will get it done this week? Three Dog Thursday now continues. Here again is TJ Reeves. Indeed, we do carry on. It is the Three Dog Thursday YouTube roundtable. It is the segment of the show that is just sweeping podcast mania everywhere. Come find us if you're only hearing us on the uh, audio version, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Come see what we look like. Search under Three Dog Thursday on YouTube. You will see me. You will see my esteemed guest. To that end, lots to talk about with the Kentucky Derby controversy that has now led into the Preakness this week, as well as the NHL playoffs beginning. The NFL schedule has been released, so that means the B-U-C-C-A-N-E-E-R-S. Go box now know their opponent for the opening Thursday night game when they raise the Super Bowl banner. So again, come find us on YouTube because you'll see the smiling faces. You'll see us talking all about it. Up first, speaking of the controversy involving uh, the Kentucky Derby, from right in Louisville, and that is how you say it, ESPN Louisville's afternoon maven of sports radio. A Tampa brother, though, a native uh, Tampa Bay uh, guy from years gone by is Mark Ennis back on board on the show, on the roundtable. Brother Ennis, how are you feeling? And this has got to have been like sports radio gold for the last few days about all the controversy with the horse being disqualified, it looks like, from the Kentucky Derby. What's up? Yeah, it has been uh, content for sure. And I got to say, it just is another stop in really a long line of me doing hits, you know, this or radio hits around the country because of something controversial happening in Louisville. It just is never, ever, ever boring here. And now it is spread, apparently, uh, to horse racing. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Uh, the good news is, for those that are seeing us on YouTube, is that Ennis is not currently incarcerated somewhere that is not an interrogation room where he is. He does want us to point out, however, he's about to do his radio show, and that's the quiet room that he could find. Where is the product placement for ESPN Louisville sticker sign something shirt for you? We gotta Before the segment is over, we got to have something, a placard that you hold up like at the golf course, the quiet, please, something for you, Ennis. I should have. I should have a backer or something. Full disclosure, we just expanded, which is nice. And uh, this is the first time in my life I have ever had an office. But I just, <laughs> I just got it. And so, like, I'm in it. There's a desk in here and me, and nothing of mine is even in here yet. That's why That's it looks fantastic. like I'm in. And as a longtime veteran of the Sports Radio Wars who's been fired more than once in that, sometimes you got to be careful of what you wish for because now you're somehow more significant uh, in us that you have an office. And sometimes it's in lieu of pay. Like they always would give us shirts, as they do probably at ESPN Louisville. They would give us golf shirts. They would give us hats in lieu of pay. Maybe the office is that. I don't know. We've waited far too long to say hello to the Lightning Insider. Lightninginsider.com. Eric Erlinson from right here in the Tampa Bay area where I host the show. Champa Bay, baby as the Tampa Bay Lightning get ready to defend the Stanley Cup 2021. They won it a year ago in the crazy COVID bubble in both uh, the Toronto and Edmonton bubbles. They won the Stanley Cup. They're ready to defend it. They're now out of the bubble playing the playoffs in the different locales. Eric is out of the bubble. He is with us here on the Three Dog Thursday Roundtable. We bow to the Lightning Insider greatness here with the Stanley Cup coming up. How you feeling? I'm good. I, I wanted to point out to Mark, I, it, it makes sense that you haven't decorated the office because if you've been fired that many times, you don't want to put anything up, right? Just in case, <laughs> just in case you got to move quick. 
Exactly. Um, I'm renting. Exactly. I'm renting. <laughs> uh, no, it, it's good, man. The, the the playoffs are getting ready to start. It's it's the second season here, and and this is uh, this is what the NHL is all about. It's about getting to the playoffs, getting to the uh, the the real part of the NHL season, and it's it's been a grind to get there, even with the 56 game schedule. Uh, but we're finally here. We still don't have a schedule yet. Here we are. What's supposed to be three or four days between the uh, pot- potential start uh, of the season, and and yet we don't have a schedule. So uh, it's it's typical NHL in that fashion. All right. So more on that in a couple of moments with Eric. Mark, let's skip back to it and let's show it to the audience right here. The controversy as we are midweek. Uh, taping this show, the audio podcast and the YouTube roundtable continues for the upcoming Preakness Stakes as the second race of horse racing's Triple Crown is to be run at Pimlico in Baltimore this weekend. But all the controversy is over Medina Spirit, the horse that won the Kentucky Derby two weekends ago, testing positive after the fact for banned steroid substance. And the controversy around, as we're seeing him on the screen, Bob Baffert, uh, the legendary trainer who's won the Kentucky Derby, what, 57, Mark, 93, 101 times. He's in the middle of the controversy. Baffert is now suspended uh, conditionally because they're still doing like more follow-up tests from Churchill Downs. The horse is going to be apparently allowed to run this weekend. The horse could not be reached for comment on what drugs it may or may not have been, been taking. Mark, pick it up from here. Enlighten us, please, on the on the controversy that you have been talking all about. Yeah, this is uh, some several strands of, of like narratives around horse racing sort of coming together. But I mean, this is this this is the equivalent of, of say Spygate with Belichick, where you have like the most successful person uh, having their success called into question you know with the win over the weekend he is now the winningest trainer of all time uh in the in Churchill Downs and in in the, the Derby's history and he yet again uh has a horse test positive for something that is banned it's the fifth time in the past year this happened uh, and you know I used to get in trouble and I would try to explain the way to my parents and they would sort of they would say like either you're lying or you're the unluckiest person we know uh, and and at some point, you know, I think that's kind of where Baffert is with people. Like, it, it, shame, you know, fool me once, you know, that sort of thing. But, like, this is the fifth time. And I think the reason that Churchill Downs acted so swiftly with this is, you know, we had the out-of-season derby in Oaks a year ago, you know, last October. And his third-place finishing horse also tested positive and was DQ'd from the Oaks last year. I think the derby just turned right around and like, hey, just not even a year later, you're going to do this to us again? No way. Okay, so that begs the follow-up question, were you lying or were you incredibly unlucky when you were coming up in your childhood? Inquiring minds want to know, Ennis, which was it? Well, was it some of both? I'm positive that the statute of limitations is out on all these. <laughs> I was definitely lying. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it on that. Sometimes I would get the, you couldn't come up with something better than that. Uh, I do look back sometimes on stories. I'm like, oh, I didn't do very good on that. Yeah, didn't do yeah. very you well. Mean like a, you mean like a drunken groom? walking into a hay and, and, you know, urinating on hay, you, you couldn't come up with a better story than that. Yeah. I like how you mixed in something that we were talking about off the air into something that Tom Baffert actually brought up, <laughs> that a stable guy was urinating on the hay and that the stable guy had had cough syrup that had the drug in it. My God, can we make it any more complicated even for the scientists to understand? But now the latest is it's the literal butt cream for the horse. 
the the actual soothing butt cream for the horse uh, supposedly did it. it. It's the story is changing every day. Uh, Eric, well, uh, give, me, give me a give me a thought here, Eric. I mean, do, did your eyes glaze over? Do you even care here as a non horse racing guy on this controversy? Just real quick. Well, first and foremost, what is it with people whose initials are BB? Because you got Barry Bonds, you got Bob Baffert. Uh, you know what? What is it that kind of goes along with the initials? Uh, no, look, obviously. You're not shocked that Bob Baffert won the Kentucky Derby, and then you're not shocked to hear that something happened with one of Bob Baffert's horses that won the Kentucky Derby. And I don't know a whole lot about horse racing, but I knew know enough about that, and I do know enough to call BS when I hear it. I love that. Not a BB, but a BS. Mark, back to you. We were talking in the previous segment just before you came on that for those that had the second place horse, et cetera, n- nothing you can do about that. Has there been a lot of anger and venom from the locals in and around Louisville and the people that are longtime horse racing people? Because if I'm correct, this is the first time since like 68, right. like uh, early Richard Nixon a term in the White House that a Kentucky Derby winner was disqualified. What's the talk among the 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 faithful that love to go wager on this thing? Well, yeah, the, the betting aspect of this is, I think, the most important because, you know, for folks here in Louisville, the, the Derby is a party, and then the Derby is a gigantic gambling event. And what, you, you know, the, the party is not impacted by this. But the Derby as a target uh, and, and as a, an event that people who gamble and gamble bigly uh, on is is at stake in sort of the, you know, the the validity of the outcome here. And now you've got a situation where the Churchill Downs is now going to award the winning purse to the correct horse, but the bets are not going to be changed. So those who had Mandaloon, they don't get you know their payoff. And, and that's why, again, why I think Churchill Downs has been so You're not going to mess with our money here. You know, you're not going to mess with this as a safe, a legitimate gambling event. And that's what I think horse racing overall, Pimlico and everybody else going forward has to be concerned about is people just sort of throwing their hands up like, I'm just going to bet on something more secure than this. Interesting on uh, that point. And again, the Preakness will run uh, this weekend. At the time we're, we're doing this, we're, we're doing the YouTube roundtable and you're hearing us again on Three Dog Thursday in podcast form. We believe the horse is going to run, but my Lord, every day there's something new on this. And maybe Bob's got like a third excuse, uh, you know, that the oats were laced with something else that the horse was eating by the time we get around. (laughs) And it doesn't help the fact that uh, two previous times he's had horses test positive for the same drug. So that's that's not good either. Again, this is my opinion, just watching it across sports many more times than not. The cheaters end up screwing something up that gets them caught cheating on whatever they're cycling on or cycling off of in any sport. And that's when it suddenly pops up was they screwed up the mix of whatever they were doing, the timeline of whatever they were doing. And that's what happens. That seems from the armchair to, to be what's happening here. Let's bring it back to the actual playing field, the actual turf, or hey, the ice. And the Tampa Bay Lightning get set to take to the ice as we take a look on the screen for the YouTube roundtable. Here we go. As Eric Erlinson mentioned, the Lightning, the defending Stanley Cup champions. Uh, and look at those two guys uh, that are on the screen with us on the YouTube roundtable. That is injured Captain Steven Stamkos, expected to be back. He's back practicing with the team. That is Nikita Kucherov, arguably the best offensive weapon, who has not played a single game, a single second in this regular season after a hip injury a year ago during the postseason that ended uh, late in September. Uh, so Kucherov is supposed to be back. Stamkos is supposed to be back. 
Eric, fill in the blanks as the Lightning open up with the Florida Panthers in the opening round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. As you said, we believe that some point this weekend when the games get underway. But what about Kucherov and Stamkos coming back, Eric? Well, first, it's great that you got Florida and Tampa Bay facing off a playoff series. It's, it's amazing. These two teams have been in the same division for almost 30 years, and they've never faced each other in the postseason. So that's great for hockey in the state. As far as the Kucherov and Stamkos, we'll get a better idea when practice resumes ahead of whenever game one happens to be. Um, but the belief is, is that Kucherov, who had surgery back in December, late December, and you have the four to five month window for his recovery, you're four and a half months into that window now. The fact that he's been back working out with the team for basically four or five weeks gives you an indication that there's a good chance that he'll be ready to go, if not by game one shortly after. Steven Stamkos sounded very optimistic when he talked to us last week that he'd be ready to go for game one. And for a team that, yeah, you could say they kind of stumbled down the stretch a little bit, then that's true. Uh, they have struggled to score some goals and put some pucks in the back of the net. You get 91 back, you get 86 back. That's going to be a big boost to the offense. And, and, and everything else, too, teams will not be able to – or the Panthers won't be able to concentrate on Braden Point. Braden Point and Nikita Kucherov on the same line were magic in the playoffs last year. And with Kucherov back, that's going to open up so many more possibilities for Braden Point. And again, these are explosive players. We'll see what happens. More from Eric with the insight. I do not know as we sit here doing this, and you just heard from Eric Erlinson, the Lightning Insider. Uh, you follow him on social media as a Lightning Insider. Lightninginsider.com is his great site. He's got a great podcast. We'll plug that again in a minute. Mark Ennis also with me from ESPN Louisville. The Drive is his afternoon radio show. I do not know this answer. Mark Ennis are you a hockey no. fan? I know we're all proud about Champa Bay and the Lightning, but are you a hockey guy? And will you be into this when this begins, even though you're in the bluegrass state? Yeah, I am. A, I'm a casual hockey fan, but I did my time. I went and saw the Lightning play at the fairgrounds. Uh, I, I mean, I've, I've, I love it. And it is one of the few sports that I think is far better in person than on TV. Uh, and I think it is. Uh, but yes, I, I will be totally dialed in. Uh, I, just like the Bucks, you know, I, I was lived in Tampa until 2001, and then I moved away. The Bucks win the Super Bowl, the Lightning win the Stanley Cup. Just a couple years, like it's the key to everything was me leaving, and that's fine. I get it. We should have had you leave in the 80s, as it turns out, <laughs> if that was going to be the case to get Champa Bay and pull it off. And by the way, while we're being self-deprecating, there is no guest that I have had on the YouTube roundtable that has a better spoon collection behind them in the kitchen than Eric Erlinson. You got to check it out. If you're only hearing us on the YouTube roundtable, Mrs. E is just outstanding with whatever flatware collection that is while we bring this up. I, I'm rocking the Champa Bay hats behind me here for the Buccaneers two Super Bowl wins, the Rays World Series win. I've got to get me the Lightning Stanley Cup hat. Uh, to go along with that uh, with that collection. And Eric, you've been making a great point. The Lightning stumbled a little bit at the end of this season, and some Lightning fans are up on the high buildings figuratively right now. Oh, my God, they lost some games. And you wanted to point out a couple of things about the end of the season doesn't necessarily translate. Elaborate on that a little more, if you would, Eric. Yeah, it doesn't. Everybody want to talk about having to build momentum going into the playoffs and playing well during the playoffs. I mean, the, to me, the biggest thing is you don't want to develop bad habits, and that's where, where things can kind of get awry from you. But in terms of the way the record goes, I'll say it again. In, in 2004, when the Lightning won the Stanley Cup, that team went 5-6 and six down the stretch in their final 11 games. They only lost one, one game in the first two rounds of the playoffs. So momentum doesn't matter. The Ottawa Senators in 2015 went 21-4-1 and 
down the stretch, they lost the first three games of the series against Montreal. Momentum, good or bad, does not carry over in the playoffs. There's a reason we call it the second season because the focus is different. You really narrow in on your opponent. And, of course, this year they faced each other eight times. They're pretty familiar with each other already because of that. But momentum to me, it doesn't matter. It doesn't carry over. The 2019 Tampa Bay Lightning, think about how they finished the season. I think they finished seven and three in their final 10 games, and they got swept. So it's all about how you perform when the postseason matters and the matchups and, and trying to find some holes in the opponent's game. It has nothing to do with how you finish the final seven, eight, nine, ten games. Well played on that. And again, the Lightning and the Panthers will start it up in a best of seven. And it's fascinating because you're playing two series against the group. As you explained it to me, and I've been reading up on this, Eric, you're playing two series against the group. You've been playing all regular season long. They've compartmentalized this. And then it will finally branch out into a final four with the final four division winners playing in a semifinal and a Stanley cup. It's not by conference. It's not by regions of the continent. Um, there will be a Canadian team that does come into play. We do know that eventually into the final four, but you're playing the same group that you were playing. Uh, it's not seated any other way. So it is definitely different. It is definitely uh, strange. And again, Eric is going to have great coverage on this. Hey, before we get out of here, I wanted to ask one more thing and get opinions from both of you on this. As we share the screen again, this is huge news in the TV world uh, of, of televising hockey that ESPN and Turner, uh, Turner Sports TNT, grabbed the National Hockey League. And so no more after 15 years on NBC, of course, legendary Doc Emmerich had already retired before this year, but Doc Emmerich became synonymous with the Stanley Cup playoffs on NBC. So no more NBC. NBC Sports Network, by the way, is going completely away and not going to exist anymore. Maybe that had something to do with them not pushing big time for the NHL rights. Uh, Eric, your opinion real quick. It's now going to be a split national broadcast with ESPN and Turner on cable. They'll split the playoffs. They'll split the Stanley Cup finals and alternate year to year after this year. Last year for NBC this year. What's your take real quick? Uh, the NHL needed this. They needed a, a way to get it on multiple platforms rather than just concentrating on one. Uh, they haven't been on ESPN since pre-lockout going back to 2003 was the last time, or 2004 when ABC had the Stanley Cup final between Tampa Bay and Calgary. It's the last time ESPN had the rights. Uh, so to split this up, especially coming out of a pandemic season where you didn't know how things were going to look from a financial standpoint, to be able to bring in two partners, and we all know the great job Turner has done with the NBA. They want to bring some of that same style of format to the NHL coverage that they're going to have. I think it's great news for the league. It's great news for league revenues, and it's great news for the players because they get to share in some of those revenues. Well, and again, uh, it, it was on ESPN exclusively, ESPN and ABC. It was on NBC. Now it'll be split up. The NFL has like six partners <laughs> that end up divvying it up. Baseball has like three or four. So the NBA has two or three that do uh, the different games and the national games. So, so Mark Ennis, are you fine with this? I mean, we're not going to get Gary Thorne back, apparently, who was like the voice of ESPN hockey for so long. It may be Sean McDonough. Mark Ennis uh, is the rumored name that's doing it. Kenny Albert is going to move over from NBC, apparently to Turner's uh, coverage with Eddie Olchek, who I think is one of the most underrated analysts in any sport. Uh, Olchek not only knows his hockey, Mark knows this, he knows his horse racing and knows yeah. his Kentucky Derby. He was on the coverage a couple of weekends ago. 
So, so Mark, what about this? They're going to split the hockey up. ESPN, ESPN will start caring about hockey again. They haven't cared about hockey for 15 years till the playoffs. They'll start caring again and showing the scores and the highlights. And I, I think that you can't underestimate the value of not being invisible to ESPN and ABC uh, anymore. Just it will be a regular part of programming now. It will be emphasized more on studio shows and investigative stuff like all of it. When you are invisible to ESPN. Uh, it's almost like you don't exist. ESPN, whether we like it or not, like they're the default sports channel. And when you aren't sure. there, uh, you, the sport just is perceived to not matter as much. Uh, and, and I think, look, it's financially, it's a huge benefit, like you were mentioning, to have more than one partner. And Turner does a great job with the NBA. And then when Turner dips into it, they do a great job with the NCAA tournament, too. Uh, so there's no, to me, there's no downside to this. It's all uh, a plus to be back on ESPN. It is kind of interesting that the NBC Sports Network kind of going to go away, though, because I think there was a time we thought Fox and NBC and CBS would all start sports networks and they'd all be competitors for ESPN, and it really hasn't worked out that way. No, none of them have. It's a good point for Fox Sports 1, NBC Sports Network, CBS mm-hmm. Sports Network, none of them. Uh, ESPN's the Goliath. We, yep. we know that. And bravo to Gary Bettman because he doubled the rights money for all of the teams in doing this deal. And Eric knows this, and I'm, I, I'm uh, riding the coattails of all the hockey people that have been writing this and talking about this like Eric has. He doubled the rights deals from all of this. He got ESPN to come back in and cover them without giving them exclusivity on the deal. So that's well done on the long play because they were at odds for a long time. Uh, NHL, Gary Bettman, and ESPN, they worked it all out. All right, one more thing before we get out of here. Again, Eric is much more down the middle uh, with covering the Lightning per se. Ennis is completely in the bag for the Bucks, like I am. And here it is, B-U-C-C-A-N-E-E-R-S, go Bucks. It has been announced as we put the roundtable into motion and get ready for Three Dog Thursday to debut that the Buccaneers will open on the Thursday night with the Dallas Cowboys, Mark Ennis, as the opening opponent. Uh, I am an, anim- an amateur guesser of TV ratings and crowds. There will be 653 million people that will be watching that Buccaneer-Cowboy game. I have that in from my math and, and my uh, ratings analysis. Holy cow. With Dak Prescott coming back from injury, the Cowboy brand name is worth an extra 10 million eyeballs yep. as it is. Love them or hate them. And now the Bucs get to open the season on the Thursday night and raise the Super Bowl banner, Mark Ennis, with the Cowboys. Quick take on that before we get out of here, please. Oh, I, I think it's validation. I, uh, Tom Brady draws eyeballs. The Cowboys draw eyeballs. Uh, and I think the Bucs should get used to this this year. Later on this year, if, if, as long as the, the, sort of the bottom doesn't fall out when they can flex, they're going to flex the Bucs in there where they can uh, as well. Uh, and, and I think it's exciting. It's, it's crazy to think how quickly things got turned around there. It's amazing, uh, all of the interest that's in and around this. And again, at the time that we are taping, we don't have the full schedule on all of the games, but the NFL did release for the opening week and the opening weekend that that'll be the Bucks cowboys game. And Eric, speaking of raising the band in the championship, you were in the arena for the, for the lightning doing this earlier this year with the fans. Once they allowed the fans to come in and raise the banner, it is chilling. Uh, awesome stuff. It's cold in a hockey arena anyway, but it's goosebump stuff. And the hair on the back of your neck stands up when they hoist a banner and the bucks get to do it. And you were there for the lightning to do it. Elaborate on that a little bit for just a second. The Lightning got to do it twice because they did it opening night when they opened up in front of a national audience against Chicago. They unveiled 
the banner. So they only raised it just a little bit for the players to look at it. And I love they hung it right over where the visiting teams were doing their warm ups. So everybody had to see it for the entire time until they were able to raise it on March the 13th before they finally put it up into the rafters. And and it is, it's a, it's a special moment. It's a special night of recollection, even though you're about to get ready to play a game, you know, it it reminds you of uh, everything that went on last year and and what it took to win the championship. And that's a lot of what the players were able to kind of talk about after the game. Uh, And by the way, Mark in, in Louisville, they're one of the greatest minor league hockey names ever, the Kentucky Thoroughblades home of one time lightning defenseman, Dan Boyle. There you go. The Blades. I never yes. knew they had minor league Thorough hockey Blades. in Louisville. Yep. This is why we have Eric Erlinson here. Uh, they had the Kentucky Colonels in oh, yeah. uh, in basketball in the old ABA. Uh, for uh, Dan Nissel does the show with 10 to 12 here in our studio. How about that at ESPN Louisville? Yeah. And presumably he has an office just like Mark now. Something like that. He's uh, there significantly he taller than me. Yes. He li- and he is significantly taller. That's yeah. very true. All right, let's plug for my guys one more time on the roundtable. We love Mark Innes' insight. We love the fact that he lets me make fun of him and he somewhat makes fun of me whenever I'm on with him or wherever we are. There he is on social media, at Mark Innes. The show is The Drive. Weekday afternoons on 93.9 ESPN Louisville, 93.9theville.com is the site. Check him out there. Love his insight. Love my Tampa brother displaced in Louisville. Eric Erlinson is the lightning insider. Follow him at uh, Eric Erlinson, Eric underscore Erlinson with a K. Lightning Insiders, where you find him. You also find him on the lightninginsider.com website. You want to subscribe for this man's insight and content on everything Stanley Cup. It's, it's funny. I will share this with the audience. Go subscribe to the site. It's worth it for all the nuggets, all the insight, all the takes, all the writing, his podcast, the Lightning Insider podcast. You can find all of that through the website. You and I were joking. We kind of joined forces off the year a year ago when the pandemic playoffs were about to begin in the Stanley Cup. And we were game planning for all this stuff. And I'm like, Eric, we got to make sure they don't get swept again, like the Columbus (laughs) series, because all of this stuff goes right down the toilet if the Lightning gets swept. Not only did they not get swept, my friend, they went on to win the whole thing. And anybody that was subscribing on Lightning Insider got great insight, takes, find the Lightning Insider podcast, wherever you get podcasts. I cannot plug enough. And this man's going to operate on about 63 minutes of sleep for the next few weeks, we hope, because the Lightning will be alive that long, Eric. They need to subscribe to the site and get in there, right? Absolutely. And, hey, I'm with with the – series taking place in state i'm gonna i'm gonna head out on the road for a couple days i haven't done that in a long long time uh, heading down to sunrise to cover the games down there so uh you'll get a little bit more than maybe you normally would as uh instead of just watching it on the couch like everybody else i'll actually be in the building down at sunrise to cover those games so a lot more a lot more interest a lot more uh, insight to come yeah, amen. Finally uh, able to get out and about. I mean, a year ago, nobody could cover it because it was in a bubble. And now we're, we're trying to figure all of this out. Uh, so again, lightninginsider.com is the site. Love me some Eric Erlinson. Love me some Mark Ennis from ESPN Louisville. Guys, great job. Thank you for hanging with me on the Three Dog Thursday podcast, YouTube roundtable. Uh, continued success for both of you in your endeavors. Uh, you know that I have much love and respect for both of you. However, I, I can help you, I shall. Thank you for helping me on the Three Dog Thursday roundtable. Be well, boys. Thanks, CJ. You too. You too, Mark. Take it easy. Yeah, nice to meet you. Indeed, we are back in one more time on Three Dog Thursday on the audio version of the podcast. Again, if you have found us from the Three Dog Thursday YouTube roundtable, 
Make sure you subscribe as well to the audio podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. You get the full podcast with senior handicapper Brian Edwards hanging with me. The YouTube roundtable audio plays in the middle. And then obviously Brian always comes in and closes the show with some stuff here at the end, which he's doing right now while in transit. Good to have you back, my friend, from Vegas Insider and MajorWager.com. All right, a little NFL. Let's follow up on what we were talking about on the roundtable. The schedule release is out Wednesday night at the time you and I are taping. We are not privy to the full schedule release. Uh, we're, we're taping this in advance of Three Dog Thursday. We have bits and pieces. Obviously, you know that I work for the world champion Buccaneers, as they will now know this is confirmed by the NFL. They will open the season with the Dallas Cowboys at home in that Thursday night uh, traditional opener for the Super Bowl winning team where they raise the banner. Brian, what's your initial reaction? Dak Prescott back from injury. I believe he'll be fully healthy and ready to go in September off the awful leg injury last year for the Cowboys to come in as the first game against Brady and the defending champ Buccaneers. Still says, still interesting to say that. What's your reaction to that being the selection by the NFL uh, as the opening game for the Buccaneers on the Thursday night? Well, first off, uh, I guess that'll be the first of like a thousand times you're going to say the world champion Buccaneers <laughs> as you start to reference the conversation over the next six to nine months. Second off, what a layup getting the cowgirls at home. A nice, that's a nice little easy victory to get started because they have a horrible defense and just aren't very good in general. And, I mean, we got to see Dak. I mean, whether he's going to be 100% week one, I know that's the plan, but, I mean, until Joe Burrow and Dak Prescott are running around week one looking 100%, I've got a lot of question marks because uh, those guys both had very serious injuries and whether they'll be 100% by week one is very much uh, a question mark, if not a doubt, uh, for me in my mind. But, um, yeah, uh, I think Tampa Bay will start off 1-0 in their quest to repeat. How about that? And, of course, we were kicked while we were down for so long with the Buccaneers firing head coach after head coach. Of course we're going to bring up the weather defending Super Bowl champs. What do you expect? Uh, the no, shoe is... Yeah, the shoe, the shoe is on the other foot, and I, I'm just putting this out there. Even though that it's May, uh, the fact that the uh, that the New Orleans Saints have to figure out who their quarterback is, the Atlanta Falcons have a new coaching staff off another losing season last year. The Panthers have a second year former college coach off a losing season. The, the, this division kicked the daylights out of the Buccaneers for the last decade plus. So the Bucks owe uh, the Saints, the Falcons, and the Panthers a bunch. And let's see if it continues uh, for this year. Interesting, the Bucks opened right away as a six-and-a-half-point favorite at most outlets. You can already bet on that for the game in September uh, that they opened up there on the Thursday night. Uh, further interesting that the NFL did release as Wednesday unfolded before the big schedule release. The Sunday night game is the Bears against the L.A. Rams at the uh, the new SoFi Stadium. Will they be able to have fans there four months from now? They should uh, in California after they played the whole season with no fans. The Monday night loan game is the Baltimore Ravens at the Las Vegas Raiders, and that's the new Allegiant Stadium, second year of it, just like SoFi Stadium, where they had no fans last year. So the Raiders get the Monday night opener uh, with Baltimore in those games. Uh, Let's bring it to the Jacksonville Jaguars here. We found out that the Jaguars' opening opponent will be the Houston Texans in the division in Houston. That is the Urban Meyer opening game, the Trevor Lawrence opening game, and what is this, Brian, as I've been teasing it earlier in the podcast, 
33-year-old Tim Tebow, eight years removed from his last stint in the NFL as a quarterback with the New York Jets, is apparently on the radar to try to play here for the uh, the Jaguars as a tight end. Uh, give me your comments here about this, and then I'll sound off a little bit about it as well, because it has created quite a buzz in the state where you and I are, and even nationally, about Tebow trying to make a comeback as a tight end after an eight-year layoff with his former college coach, Urban Meyer, and the Jaguars. Well, he's, he's getting a lot of hate, and, um, you know, Spur, Spurs' golden line was always, if they like you, you're not whooping them enough. And Timmy Touchdowns gave out so many ass beatings in college that I'm not surprised by the hate. I kind of enjoy it, to be honest. But in terms of strategic-wise, uh, Urban, how he would use Tebow, I mean, he's saying all this tight end stuff. I, I think he's bringing him in because he wants him to be a specialist uh, goal line short yardage situation, throw him in the wildcat and let him run some people over and score touchdowns. Um, now, I've always said, and I thought when he went to Belichick and the Patriots, that training camp nearly a decade ago, that, you know, that you could make him like they used Taysom Hill. Like, he could be your headhunter on special teams. He can do all sorts of things. But I, I don't know that um, now that he's 33, uh, but the, whatever, he hasn't taken any cracks to the head, and he's usually the one giving them out anyway. Maybe he will be on special teams like, you know, on the kickoff team and things of that nature. Uh, we'll see. Uh, you know, I, I'm all for being critical of Urban, but I, I'm always going to defend my guy Timmy Touchdowns, who, by the way, has a 17-9 to career touchdown interception uh, <laughs> ratio and it's 16 career starts he had 12 rushing touchdowns and orchestrated six comeback drives in the fourth quarter so those stats are just facts and uh there we go that's, that's about where i'm at on it well and he obviously won a heisman trophy and a national championship at florida and, and these are the things that look forget about jaguar teal and black Forget about gator orange and blue, as you know. This is about the color green, my friend, and for the audience on Three Dog Thursday. This is a bad Jaguars franchise, as it has been for the last decade, save for one season in 2017. They need to sell tickets. They need to generate interest. You, you do not understand if you do not live in the South, but in specific, if you do not live in Florida, what an icon this guy still is, Brian. We can't convey it enough, especially in North Florida. Gainesville is only about an hour from Jacksonville, depending on how fast you drive. The guy is an icon in North Florida. They are going to sell thousands of more tickets and have so much more interest to just have him involved. Uh, so I, I'm putting this out there even in May. He will make the roster. He will be on the team. How effective he can be as a tight end, I don't know. Whether they use him as a Wildcat quarterback, short yardage, I don't know. But he's going to be there. And I know this. I know two things. The first thing is this is a guy that's done nothing but the right thing, the honorable thing. And, Brian, on a serious note, he has done amazing things for dozens, if not hundreds of families with sick and dying kids all over the state of Florida and all over the country that he doesn't want recognition for. I know of three families personally that he has dealt with uh, with an ill child, and in one case, the family's child died. And Tim Tebow wanted nothing in terms of attention in return but to try to help these people, help cheer up their kids, etc. And he has done that throughout his adult life. 
dozens and dozens and several hundred times. So he is a great ambassador for the game of football, for the Gator program, and for the NFL just on that. And here's here's the other thing uh, that I keep putting out there. The guy's competitive fire has always been there. That's why he was trying to play minor league baseball and willing to ride a minor league bo- a bus, as you know, Brian, to go play baseball. He misses the competitive locker room, the huddle, the grind in the weight room, whatever. And I would not doubt the guy on the competitive fire of wanting to be out there. How effective can he be? I don't know. Jacksonville's going to be bad whether Tim Tebow plays for them or not this season. But I'm not doubting the guy on what he means off the field and how much he wants to compete and win at 33 years old. I say bravo. Go try it. Jacksonville's a two- or three-win team whether Tebow plays with them or not. They might win one more game because he's there, but they're going to be bad this year anyway. Brian, give me some more follow-up before we move on off of that real quick. Yeah, all these ESPN analysts could be as critical of him as they want uh, in, in multiple fronts. A, you know, his quarterback play when he was in the league and B, him getting this opportunity that might take away from a young guy. But you know what? You get opportunities when you win two national titles, when you win a Heisman, when you finish in the top five for the Heisman three times, when you have those stats and that success that he had at Denver in that one magical season. When they were left for dead, they were one in four. Elway set him up for failure. He tra- They announced he was the starter on Monday. They traded Brandon Lloyd on Tuesday, who led the uh, NFL in receiving yards uh, the year before. And, and again, you could be critical of his throwing the ball. There ain't nobody on this planet that can accurately be critical of him as a Wildcat quarterback in short yardage and goal line situations. Like I said, he had 12 rushing touchdowns and 16 career NFL starts and and at least three or four two-point conversion runs for two as well. And uh, he can do that effectively. I remember when he was at Florida, he got stopped one time on either third or fourth and one in out of probably, I don't know, 50, 60 attempts. It was against Ole Miss yep. late in the game. And every single time, everybody knew what was coming and they couldn't stop it. Um, so, however, if Meyer wants to use him in that fashion, it'll be effective. Trust me. Well, and, uh, and again, that's the game where he gave the famous speech afterwards about being better and we're not going to lose again, and they put that speech up on the wall at Ben Hill Griffin Stadium in Florida because they didn't lose again. They won a national championship. It became iconic, and he won the Heisman Trophy after that. Uh, but, uh, again, say this. He may get injured. He was injured in the baseball uh, attempts with the minor league Mets, and, again, he couldn't play minor league ball last year for the New York Mets while I'm defending Tim Tebow yet again because they had no minor league baseball last year because of COVID-19. So the guy's competitive fire is still burning. But you know what? If he can't play anymore, if he's a step slow and he can't play tight end, I believe he will be the first one to say, I tried this, I can't do it, and I'll go back to TV or whatever. But do not bet against him at being effective as a blocker, as a pass catcher, the Wildcat quarterback at least initially. I wouldn't go against that. Again, Jacksonville is going to be bad no matter what. With Urban not having been an NFL coach, they've got a bad roster, they've got a rookie quarterback. This is just something else to drum up interest. And here we are in May talking about Tebow, the Jaguars, and the whole situation. That's what Shad Khan, the owner, wants. He wants some of that sizzle. Absolutely, Brian. One, One more. Go. Yeah. 
And as everybody's talking about the Jags on every all those garbage gas bag ESPN shows, I'm just thinking to myself about Jerry Jones because you know how Jerry Jones is like, I just want to talk about the Cowboys. It doesn't matter if it's good <laughs> or bad. And I'm just sitting there thinking, oh, everybody's talking about the Jaguars in May. And I'm like, I bet Jerry Jones is pissed he didn't bring Tebow in. Yeah. All right. So we'll see what happens with that. By the way, the Jaguars will play Houston in the opening game, and we don't know what's going to happen with Deshaun Watson. We're only in May. Uh, the, the civil suits are ongoing. Would the league go ahead and put him on an exempt list, the commissioner's exempt list? Remember, they did that, Brian, with Adrian Peterson before when he was under investigation. There have been other players who have gone on it. Will the league go ahead and suspend him? We don't know who the Houston quarterback's going to be. They took Davis Webb, the rookie out of Stanford, in the draft. They also have Tyrod Taylor, the veteran, there, too, if Watson can't play. So the Jaguars' first game, the Urban Meyer opener, the Trevor Lawrence opener, allegedly the, Tev- the, the Tim Tebow opener at tight end, would be in Houston uh, week one. And Jacksonville is the road favorite right now because it's unknown about Deshaun Watson's status uh, as the quarterback as to whether he's going to be there or not. I even saw your Atlanta Falcons with a new coaching staff favored against the Philadelphia Eagles with a new coaching staff as the home favorite in week one. It's crazy to me that you're already betting in May for football games four months from now when we don't know the full rosters and who's playing wherever. That seems nuts to me, Ryan. Yeah, I mean, I'm not betting yet, but, um, hey, uh, there are people out there you throw a football <laughs> number up, and they'll, they'll have at it, so I don't blame the books. But uh, don't act surprised about the Falcons being favored. The Falcons are, are due for a bounce-back year, eight one-possession losses last year, and we got the best player in the draft in Kyle Pitt. Oh, listen to that, speaking to the Gators and Kyle Trask on that. Very interesting that Green Bay opens the year with the New Orleans Saints in the opening game. Uh, that'll be a national game in the Superdome. And we don't know this answer while you and I are taping. How many times are the Packers in a standalone primetime game when we don't know Aaron Rodgers' status? Does he want to be traded? Is he going to play? How many times are they going to put Green Bay on a Monday night, a Thursday night, a Sunday night? They can flex them out of Sunday night, and they'll now be able to flex them out of a couple of Monday night games late in the year. Will Green Bay get very many national TV standalone primetime games or not? I'm anxious to see the schedule. Brian and I don't know the schedule right now as we're taping, not the full schedule. They are playing in New Orleans where it's Taysom Hill or Jameis Winston or the rookie Ian Book, who they drafted as uh, as one of the quarterbacks uh, to maybe play for the Saints on opening day. For now, that is going to do it for us. Brian, tell the audience, we talked a lot of NBA in your first segment all the way back at the beginning of the podcast. For all the great information, your social media, where they find it on the web, plug away with the NBA regular season wrapping up this weekend. Go. Yeah, you find me on Twitter. The handle is at VegasBEdwards. All my picks are at VegasInsider.com. You can find other content at MajorWager.com and follow MajorWager on Twitter at MajorWagerUno, U-N-O. Thanks for having me, TJ. Have a great week and weekend. I love it as always. And again, we'll see what happens with those NBA games. And we got the play in games coming next week in and around when Three Dog Thursday releases. We'll already know things like Lakers, Golden State, and the other uh, matchups as well. For now, though, we are good. My thanks also to the roundtable guests, Mark Ennis in Louisville with the drive on ESPN Radio Louisville, Eric Erlinson, the Lightning Insider, Stanley Cup playoffs getting underway this weekend. My Tampa Bay Lightning, Brian Edwards, Champa Bay defending the Cup, starting with the Florida Panthers this weekend. Check out Eric. 
Eric's website, lightninginsider.com. He's got deals on subscribing. He's got a great podcast, Lightning Insider uh, podcast, talking about the Bolts, the defending champs. Check him out as well. And again, check this show out, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, for Three Dog Thursday. Find us and subscribe. Thanks to our guys, Sean Green, Ryan Kramer, with the Sports Gambling Podcast, their network of shows, sportsgamblingpodcast.com for promoting us. For now, we're done. Enjoy the NBA conclusion this weekend of the regular season. We're back next week on Three Dog Thursday. Bye.